Hello everyone, welcome to Seek Go Create. This is your host, Tim Winders. This is where we redefine success in leadership, business, and ministry. We share topics, stories, and conversations that allow us to rethink how we live, work, and lead. I'm your host, and welcome. This is going to be a really cool episode today, and we're kind of starting a series of episodes that I'm excited about because I get to talk to some people that are near and dear to me. They're part of the team, I guess, at Seek Go Create. They're also part of uh, the family for the most part. We kind of do a lot of things with family. So anyway, uh, going to be interviewing Hunter Irving and chatting about a lot of cool stuff. So uh, before I get to Hunter, though, real quick, I just, I just want to let you know we want to hear from you. If you have not connected with us yet via email or on some of our social media platforms, Make sure after this wraps up that you go do that. You can just go to seekgocreate.com. Give us your best email address. If you haven't visited there, we'll connect with you and, uh, and we'll just keep you updated on what's going on and, and let you know when episodes released. So make sure you do that. And we're on all the socials and, and so make sure you visit us there. So listen, I, I gotta, this is going to be so cool today. Hunter is so many things to me and this team. He is, he's a friend. I, I consider him a friend of mine. He and I have known each other now for probably approaching five plus years. Well, we may tell the story about how we met. That's kind of cool. And, uh, and he also helps with the business. He, he does a number of things here and he's got his own business that he does. He's in sales. He's also got a background in ministry and we're going to be talking about a lot of that. But listen, let me just go ahead and start off with the big deal. Okay. He is married to my daughter and he is the father of the granddaughter at her. So above all else, that's what he is to me. So Hunter, welcome to Seek Go Create. Hey, I'm excited to be here. That was a good intro. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I feel good. Did I get the order okay? Is the order okay? Yeah, no, that's a good timeline. You got it right. That's broken down real well. <laughs> all right, good. Well, one of the things I usually ask, and I kind of like to stick with this formula, is kind of before I launch and just start my questions and things like that, Hunter, I like to say, you know, in your own words, what do you do? You know, if somebody bumps into you and you're out and about or you're, I know you have a lot of things, a lot, you wear a lot of hats, yeah. but um, just for the audience, what do you do, Hunter? Yeah. Uh, no, you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. Like I do, I wear a lot of hats. I do a lot of different things. Uh I've kind of just grown up that way, uh, even from when I was a kid going into uh, graduating and I always wanted to do ministry. I helped my dad with his uh, HVAC business uh, in between high school and college and uh, just kind of seizing the opportunities in front of me. Um, I would say that I'm an opportunist, uh, but to break it down a little more definitively i um i'm a father i'm a husband um i uh, am a follower of jesus uh and then i i do some sales on the side i do some website management on the side and uh you know do all the things to sustain uh the family as well and um i think that uh you know i've always loved uh vision i i i don't want to like call myself a visionary i think that might be a little prideful. I don't know. Um, but, uh, vision and looking ahead, um, and just seeing what, what's in front of us, uh, and how we can get there, I think is, uh, is also very, uh, deep within my bones and, and my soul. 
Yeah, that's good. There's a lot of things. In fact, I'm already taking notes here because I had a couple of questions. I actually love doing interviews where I don't know people well. It's actually kind of cool, though, when you know people because you can ask them things you probably have never discussed or talked yeah. about. And yeah. just in just in your talk there, there are about three or four things I'm going, ooh, I'm never asking these questions. I'm going to I'm going to ask this, but, but so, so as, as this is releasing and as people are listening to this though, we are wrapping up 2020 and kind of, as we finish up, I'm going to kind of ask you with all the wisdom and all that you have to kind of share with us what you're looking at as you head into 2021. That's kind of the theme of all of our episodes that we're doing with our team during this month or during these episodes that are primarily in December, late November and December. But uh, but 2020 is has been an, a big year for you, and and I think the biggest thing is probably becoming a father. Absolutely. And so before we even go any further, talk about what has happened to Hunter because he is now a father. <laughs> yeah, um, I have uh, definitely become a lot more selfless. Uh, it's kind of funny. I was thinking, okay, you know, me before Adderi versus me after, and my lifestyle was uh, a lot more selfish because <laughs> uh, I could I could kind of live and do, of course, within the um, the boundaries of of being married and being accountable to my wife. I could kind of live and do whatever and flow however I wanted to, um, but now. Uh, the decisions that I make not only affect uh, myself and my wife, uh, they affect my, my daughter as well and, and my family. Um, so that's just like, it's, it's a lot heavier, not in like a, like a bad way, but um, you just weigh your decisions a lot more. I think I'm a lot more tactful in my approach uh, to life because I'm, I'm, I mean, I think you know this well enough about me. I've always kind of been a fly by the seat of my pants kind of personality. Um, I like planning and I think that I know that there's value in that, but my natural tendency is to kind of just be, you know, let's just flow. Where, how, how can we flow and just do? And um, I can still do that as a dad, but there's definitely a lot more structure necessary. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think I just weigh my decisions a lot more because they impact a lot more now. Yeah, I love that. I love that selfless versus selfish, because I I always said when when I became a father first time to your wife Dulcie that that it's like, huh, I don't think I realized how selfish I really was, and and also I kind of got this glimpse uh, from a spiritual standpoint of how maybe the father how God looks at us a little bit a little bit more. I had a better understanding of that and so um well i will say this and i want to just i want to just say i have been it has been so cool for for glory and i to watch both dulcie become the mom she is and for you to become the father because uh it's just you kind of recognize when just great things are happening and so anyway great job and you're just getting started, that's, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We got a lot more ahead of us, that's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt about that. Yeah. So, um, so there, a lot of different things kind of floating through my head here. I guess one of the things I would love to do is I'd like to back up a little bit, okay? 
And I would love for you, this is going to be an interesting, hopefully it's not awkward. I'd love for you to tell the story of how we met, how, where, and when. And then, uh, and then maybe we'll give a little bit of how that cool story happened. And, um, and then before we kind of jump into all that's going on now and where you're headed for, uh, for next year, I'm going to ask you about some values that you got from your parents growing up. So first off, though, t- tell the story, your perspective on how we met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, just for some context, I'm, uh, what, barely 19, 20 years old. Uh, move, I grew up in Virginia, move out to Colorado for uh, Bible college, uh, move out with my parents. Well, my parents are helping me move out. And um, uh, we're in a, a apartment complex. I have a, another guy I'm, I'm rooming with. We're both the epitome of punks, you know. Uh, we're just these young guys that we don't know what we're doing. Uh, and so uh, we move in and Tim is actually in the same uh, apartment complex, the same building, just like what, uh, like north, uh, east of us. And um, my dad is a very uh, outgoing individual, just as Tim is. And so I think they linked up and they're talking while we're moving all this stuff in. And dad's like, hey, uh, you, need to, you need to meet Tim. He's, uh, he and his wife are going to Karis too. And they're going to carpool and all this stuff. And we're just kind of like, oh, cool. Hey, you know, really didn't think anything of it. We're in our own world, you know. And uh, I... I, I recall this very clearly. I remember you were like, yeah, I'm just right up here. I can actually, I'm watching you guys. I can see you through, through my window here in this other bedroom. And we kind of, my roommate and I looked at each other. We're like, that's, that's a little creepy, but okay. He's nice. And, uh, and I think you said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to carpool some people up at seven or six thirties when we're heading out. We're like, no, nah, there's no way we're getting up that early. <laughs> and, uh, that was kind of it. I mean, it was, uh, it's funny because I think a lot of people really love the fact that uh, I met my wife's parents before I met my wife. So I knew you guys uh, well before I knew Dulcie. I mean, I knew you guys for over a year before I met Dulcie, um, which is kind of funny. That's, that's, a, that's a unique thing. Um, but then as, you know, as the time goes by, I really saw you um, for our class as, uh, as kind of a shepherd because um, there's a lot of people uh, – that have no idea what they're doing, kind of like myself when, when at school, especially in first year. And um, you definitely helped guide a lot of people along. And uh, although I was definitely more on the outside, uh, on the outside looking in, that's one thing that I always noticed. Uh, you and Glory both very, uh, yeah, shepherding, shepherding. I mean, you're, you were just looking out for people, even when it came to making sure we got our tests in or our study guides or all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, that was, that was our first interaction. That was cool. Yeah. So we, we met at, met at Bible school and, and then I think about a year or so later is when you actually met Dulcie because she yeah. came to school there in Colorado yeah. later. And we won't, we won't go into the conversations we had when, all of a sudden y'all started dating, but, um, but, but I do want to ask something and uh, you and I've had some of these conversations before, but I, I, you went through an incredible growth phase. I observed it. Others observed it from like year one. I don't know if you're like eight, 19, 20 years old or something like that to your second year. 
And then that was sort of a time that you started, you and Dulcie started getting interested in each other. And, and I would love for you to, cause I'm, I'm always fascinated by growth. We're, we're, we talk about redefining success here and truthfully you redefined yourself to me in over the course of about probably three or four months, you were a waiter in the summer. Can you talk a little bit more about that and maybe give people, uh, so it's not me sharing, you mentioned you and another guy were a punk your first year, but, but a little bit of what your mindset was, you were, you were in a Bible school. Okay. But then from like year one to year two, what happened and, and just kind of share that. I, I think the audience would get a kick out of that. Yeah. Uh, so I've always been in church all my life. Grew up in the Baptist church. We kind of branched out um, youth groups, all that, you know, all that stuff. Uh, got into leadership in youth groups uh, and then really knew that I wanted to pastor. Uh, and my dad uh, really wanted to push me into some sort of schooling. Um, kind of that I didn't get the schooling but you could get the schooling kind of mentality from my dad. Um, and I was never a scholar. <laughs> uh, just like school wasn't uh, my tip top thing, but uh, decided to go to Karis eventually, which again, hometown, Virginia, jump all the way to Colorado. Uh, I didn't know anyone there uh, besides the roommate who I briefly knew. Um, and I think that a lot of what I went through in my first year was probably a bit of a, an identity crisis because I, I left the nest, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have that uh, comfort of familiar friends or even parents kind of hovering over me or anything like that. Uh, it was just all me on my own. Um, and I think I just, I had to, I don't know if find myself is the right word. I think I had to go, I had to read some of my uh, steps in life because I think that when I moved, I really regressed back um, and I, I lost confidence and vision uh, for myself. And I kind of just got caught up in myself. Um, and I think that uh, I had a hard time getting out of that in the environment that I was in. Uh, so that was probably change number one for me was when first year ended, uh, I changed my environment. Uh, I got myself out of what I was currently in and I, my, I pushed myself into something else. Um, an environment that was definitely more con conducive for me to grow. And um, from that point is when I started to get the vision. Uh, and that's when I kind of looked at my first year, I realized how tough of a year it was for me. And then I saw all of these other people going into first year as I'm going into second year of school. And I kind of just said to myself, I don't want them to go through that because um, I was very lonely. And uh, I, you know, I could have tried harder. I know that. But uh, sometimes people need to be reached out to. Uh, and that's what I had needed. And uh, I know that a lot of people needed that. And that's when you probably saw me really start to shift my uh, personality and, and my countenance towards others. Whereas my first year it was definitely all on myself. Um, and then that gap in between first and second year, when I went back home over the summer, um, I really got close to God because funny enough, when I was in my first year of Bible school, I drifted very far away from him. <laughs> uh, 
And when I got back, I had all this time to myself and uh, I just needed purpose again. And I found that in, in him and in his word and came back with that vision and in a new environment. And uh, I would say that those are definitely pinnacle things that helped me redefine myself, as you said. Yeah. So one thing, though, a couple things, actually. You mentioned that you were lonely in that first year. Yeah. But listen, I know because I could see down into your apartment. Y'all had a boatload of people around most of the time. So what describe here's the reason why I think this is important. In the world we're in today, there are people that are connected to so many people on social media. They're around people, but they say the same thing that you just said. So, Hunter, what do you mean by lonely when people are all around you? Yeah, um, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, it's 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 the same reason celebrities feel depressed and lonely, even though they're completely surrounded by people all over. It's just a lack of depth in relationship. Um, I think that when everything is surface all the time, uh, you know, Hey, how you doing? Oh, good. How are you? Good. That's it. Kind of thing. Um, there, you really don't feel valued. You're also not really giving value, uh, to the people you talk to. And I think that that was just the culture that I was in. It was just like, uh, let's just have fun, run, jump around and not worry about anything that would even hint at, seriousness in a conversation or uh what i would consider maybe even restoration into somebody uh we could call it ministry to be honest with you of just um loving people and uh i think that that was just what i lacked even though yeah there were tons of people around i mean we had made a lot of friends but it was it was even though you're seen you don't really feel seen kind of thing uh or even though you're known you don't really feel known, uh, was definitely what I went through. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Now you mentioned a word earlier when we were talking about being a father, you talked about selfish versus selfless. And to me, what you just mentioned kind of described that a little bit, like, uh, like maybe you were hanging around and it was fun, but it was still all about self am i reading too much into that or is that a possibility no no, yeah because we were like kind of the 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 circle that i was in we were we were the young cool guys i guess and so it was like oh yeah we're we're the in crowd yeah i I was in the old i was in the old uncool crowd just so everybody understands (laughs) the dynamics of the uh of of the bible school bible school yeah (laughs) And, uh, and so like, you know, for a moment that kind of feels good. You're like, oh yeah, people look at us, they think we're cool and whatever, but it it really does. It boils down at the end of the day. I'm like, I I'm, I'm laying my head to rest with zero drive or purpose or vision. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that, so like that would be the selfish side of it, right? Like, oh, that feels cool. Like Mm -hmm. everybody looks at us, um, and everybody wants to come to me kind of like, mentality rather than kind of the complete opposite in second year i separated myself from that um i had i still had a a circle of friends but it was different and i definitely ventured out uh two people and ran two people rather than just 
sitting with my arms crossed expecting people to come to yeah. me. Yeah. I was for me I was so impressed when I actually saw the transformation, the redefining, whatever words we want to use from year one to year two. And then that was interestingly enough when you and, and Dulcie became someone interesting each other. But before we talk about, cause I want, I want to talk about that transition, but before we do, I want to back up. I, I know your parents and I know most likely the way you were raised and, and, and I also know you ended up at a Bible school. So I'm going to ask a couple things and just let you kind of take off whichever direction you want to go. But I've wondered often if obviously you were trying to find yourself, you were in a Bible school environment. So there were maybe some limits to the amount of exploration you could have done. Maybe we'll say it that way. Um, And uh, and I'm wondering what have you thought through what might have happened had you been in a another environment like a state university or something like that. But then I want you to relate this. I want you to talk about how you were raised and maybe a couple of values that you got from your parents and, and some of the strength and then maybe how you ventured from that a little bit in that year one, you're still in Bible school. You guys weren't, I don't think (laughs) getting in too much trouble. Maybe you were down. I could see only so much from the apartment where I was in, but um, anyway, does that make sense? Can you maybe talk about a little bit of the way you were raised and had you ever thought about what had your path been a little bit different other than Bible school? Yeah. um, So the, the first one that I kind of felt like I had an answer to was what would have happened if I went to a university rather than, um, and I like to be honest with myself and the optimist of in me wants to say, oh, like I probably would have only had, a, you know, some beers here and there or whatever. But uh, I mean, obviously, like it's an unknown, but um, I probably would have made some mistakes that I would have regretted. I, I'm not I don't like that word regret, but um, some mistakes that I would have looked back on and said, eh, not my finest moments. <laughs> Um, if I'm just going to be completely honest with myself. Um, and, but at the same time, I think I, I've also always known my, my limits and my boundaries. And I've had, I had opportunities before I even went out to, to Bible college to make probably those same mistakes. And I didn't. So, but it's also different being in a completely other state from your parents too. There's a little more, feel a little less, uh, a little more untouchable, I guess. So um, that's kind of a, a vague answer, but uh, I, I probably would have made some mistakes, I think. Uh, and then as far as my upbringing, I mean, I, like I said, I grew up in the Baptist church, a um, bit, of, bit of legalism and, and religion kind of caked in there. I, some that I'm still probably trying to knock off, um, but taught me good morals. Uh, we shifted out of that into what some would call the full gospel movement, uh, charismatic, whatever you want to call it. That was definitely, uh, a very defining time for me. Um, I was probably 15. I had gone to the same church all my life. My parents decide they want to switch it. Um, so I've kind of had these transition periods. It seems like they happen every couple of years where I'm, I'm in a place I'm comfortable, something removes me or takes me somewhere else. Um, and then I end up growing a whole lot more from it. Uh, so then we go to another church. 
And um, that's when I really stepped into a lot of leadership and um, consistency. I think I learned a lot of consistency there, just how to be a consistent person. Um, but then just from what my parents taught me, I mean, my dad is one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my life. Um, definitely work ethic. Um, and, uh, I would say integrity was a big one. And I had actually touched on this before, uh, decisions and the, the, the weight of your decisions and how they really do pave the path in front of you. There's always a consequence, whether it's good or bad to the decisions that you make. Um, those are definitely some big things that my dad instilled in me. And then my mom taught me grace. I mean, it was kind of a typical uh, mom dad combo of dad teaches me how to be a man and mom teaches me how to, how to be kind and, and, and forgiving and, uh, and full of grace. So. Yeah, that's good. So, so, so then to kind of continue the journey a bit, you have a, have a fun year one, you go home for the summer and then you come back year two and you've kind of already given us a glimpse, but I mean, you, you literally changed a tremendous amount of things. I mean, I, I think I even recall you had changed the way you dressed, you changed the way you carried yourself, you changed the way where you hung out. I think you're, you're living, didn't you even live somewhere different? You said you sort of was hanging out with different people. Tell people, and listen, there are people right now that are listening, Hunter, that they actually don't believe people can make changes like that. Probably not listen to this podcast, but there are people out there that believe that. But go through a few of the just the steps, you know, two or three things that you said, I am going to purpose to do X, Y, Z or whatever, because I observed it. I may have kind of given a few away just then, but I observed it. But talk about that process, because that is actually a formula for making change throughout our lives. So tell us, give us some secrets there. Um Definitely, I think it all starts with uh, seeking to understand what you're in. Uh, if you don't have an understanding on uh, whether there's an issue or not in your life or uh, understanding that something needs to change in your life, then you're just going to be stuck in where you are until you get to that point. So if you're not there, uh, get there. <laughs> um, just seek to understand your life. Uh, what's come, what feel what feels hard, what feels easy, what needs to change, uh, and then from there you you, it's kind of funny because it really goes along with the podcast of seek go create. I think that's kind of funny how it's you have it all positioned exactly. I, I, th I think perfectly of you, you you look you understand what's going on, you go you execute, and then you you create something new to take place of that. Um, and so that's what it was for me. I saw that where I was, wasn't good. Um, I also opened myself up to people. Um, I had a really good, probably a, uh, a defining moment in my life, uh, a coffee meeting with a friend. Uh, I broke down crying in front of them, telling them how basically how just horrible my life was at the time. And, uh, he's like, man, you got to get out of it. Why are you, why are you still there? And I'm like, oh, that's, that's an option. I guess that is an option. And so uh, seeking counsel, getting uh, outside input. Um, a lot of people may not like outside input because it hurts, doesn't feel good. You should, you, should, uh, you should almost be addicted to input from other people. Um, not that it 
you should be defined by everything everyone tells you, but um, you need outside feedback. Uh, and then you just, you just have to put your heels in the ground and go and, and determine that nothing's going to get in your way of in between you and what you're, what you now know you're pursuing. Um, so I, I would say those were, that's what I did at least. And, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was very impressive. And I know along that journey, you ended up, um, I guess, ministering and pastoring a small church along the way. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask, I think as I wrap up, I'm going to ask you about some things related to ministry and what, what you have done and what you see things as future and some things like that, some vision. But I want to, I want to shift just a little bit because um, one of the things that you have moved into recently and, and listen, I'll just go ahead and tell people along the way, um, Hunter met our daughter and they got married. And, and anyway, so we won't go into all that detail. We're actually going to be interviewing Dulcie. Maybe we'll get her to tell more of that story. But, but, but you, you were in ministry. I'm going to ask you about ministry, but I, I want to kind of ask you about, you've recently moved into sales and, and that's such a different and unique field. Some people don't understand how it relates to even ministry or things like that. But to tell a little bit about how you ended up in that. You are doing well at it. I think you're doing, you're, you would consider yourself successful at it. I don't know if it's like long-term for you, short-term, or just something you're learning. But tell us a little bit about that because sometimes people don't see how those transitions work. Yeah. Um, I was, I had helped a friend start uh, a ministry. Uh, we called it untitled. So that's, you know, things that millennials do. So what's uh, the name of it? I don't understand the name. What's the name? Untitled. <laughs> what's the name? Um, so, uh, so I helped him start it. Uh, it was, it was a community that we all kind of needed at that time. Uh, we didn't really have much, uh, so we, we decided we would just create something and it was really good. Uh, he ended up getting married and, uh, handed it over to me and I took it and ran with it and made it my own thing, which, uh, that transition, like taking, uh, taking, taking leadership over from, from another leader was very difficult. We could go into that, but, uh, that's if it, it, we're, we're a bunch of young guys, we don't know what we're doing. So it was kind of like, Hey, I'm done. Hey, you're up. And there was no real transition. It was kind of head first. Um, so that was, that was challenging, but then we, I kind of got my feet under me and, uh, had a really good time. Uh, we were doing a lot with it. We were doing outreaches, we were doing videos and, and I was, I think I would shoot like six videos a day. I had, had some awesome people that were kind of in that production area that wanted to help with that. And so we on them, we were, we're treating it like a church. I mean, we may not have had a 501c3 or, um, any of those kind of, uh, form formalities, uh, but we were treating it like a church and we had people coming, we were meeting in a cool coffee shop and, um, once a week, I mean, it was church, at least what we call church here in our Westernized culture. And, um, it was fun. I loved it. Uh, but, uh, as, uh, about a year and a half goes on, uh, Dulcie and I start dating, we end up getting engaged and we're planning on getting married. And, uh, um, it was kind of like, okay, I think this season 
is coming up to an end uh, and, and it's time to transition away. And at the time I was doing a lot. Uh, I was going to school, I was working, I was leading overseas or co-leading overseas uh, mission trips and uh, helping prepare for wedding and pastoring and holding meetings and all of this. And I, I got burnt out uh, and I remember I preached a message and it lasted for maybe 10 minutes <laughs> and uh, we had a guest. It was, it was a, oh, so bad. We had a guest uh, musician from another church that, that came in to, to lead worship with us. And we were all excited. I got up for about 10 minutes. I don't even remember what I preached on. I was just empty. I, I hadn't been taking care of myself. I burnt out. Um, I went out into the hallway after I was finished with my message. I just like wept. I was just, I could feel it. And I knew that I just wasn't giving uh, what I should be giving to, to, to those people. And that was when it was just like, it's time to step down, sought counsel uh, and got um, feedback, as I had mentioned from people much wiser than myself who had been in the position that I'd been in before. And they were all like, you need to get out of it. Um, and so I trusted them and Dulce and I talked about it. We knew it, it was just very crystal clear. That's what we need to do. We need to transition away. And, uh, so we did, and, um, we got married and we're done with Bible school somehow still here in Colorado. <laughs> and, uh, you know, now I, I think, let me just backtrack for a second. I think one thing that I did learn, uh, from growing up in church and seeing a lot of different churches and pastors, um, was there was this very consistent um like pastor's kids complex where not all pastor's kids but a lot of pastor's kids had a lot of problems um and they were probably feeling neglected by their dad or whoever you know mom whoever was was leading in that capacity and i kind of saw that and i was like i never want to be that father or husband um and i kind of had noticed when i was pastoring i mean you can get consumed and the community and the, the, the vision and the meetings and the growth and all of that. I mean, it will overtake you. Sometimes you end up losing the heart of church in the first place. Um, and I think I saw that and I'm like, I just need to step away. I just don't have an understanding of this role quite yet. Um, so I, I don't need to be in it. And uh, I think that the Lord was protecting both of Dulcie and I with that because we've kind of seen some friends of ours now that have stayed in it and they're and, and may even uh, dislike people. And I just, you don't want to get to that place. And so I could have gotten to that place. I really think I could have, but uh, we listened to God. And so now transitioned over and uh, working. I mean, again, wearing a lot of hats. I do a lot of stuff, uh, mobile online, and then I do sales, which the common factor in sales and, and pastoring or preaching is your people. Uh, you're talking in front of people, whether it's a large group and you've got a microphone or it's a small group and you're standing behind a, a table doing fun knife tricks. Uh, you're, you're still communicating. And you're, I think what I, one thing that I've definitely learned in sales is how to um, read people in body language and cues and things and and um that will help with ministry absolutely uh anything that puts you in an environment with people whether that's you know uh, a job or or 
or whatever in, in office meetings or how, however it is, if you're in a position uh, where you're around a lot of people, that can help you with ministry. And I think that, uh, I think that for anyone who wants to be in full-time ministry and feels like they're leaving no impact, maybe at their simple job or what they think is their simple job, like don't discredit where you're at and just let God teach you, uh, teach you where you're at and he'll show you many things and he'll grow you in the areas you need to grow. Uh, that's what he's doing with us. I know that. I trust that. I've had my moments. I've had my identity crisis uh, times where I'm like, I'm not doing anything for God. What am I doing? God, am I letting you down? Oh my gosh. And uh, you just got to trust and move when he tells you to move. Yeah, that's good. And it kind of helps you kind of teed up the thing that I wanted to go to kind of as we, maybe as we kind of sort of wrap up uh, on some things, because I want to talk about ministry in general and where you see maybe some things going. I do want to acknowledge first, though, before we wrap up, you you actually do a lot of great stuff for Seek Go Create because the online presence is really almost all yours. All of our website at seekgocreate.com, you keep all of that up and do great things. And if you're listening to this on one of the podcast platforms, Hunter's the one that gets it there. So anyway, I just want to say I appreciate all that. I know that's one of the many hats you wear, and I know you're doing a lot of things with YouTube and other things like that. But I, I do want to maybe talk about some of the you know, you, you ran a ministry. You had a, a group of young people. I visited there a couple times. Y'all met in a coffee shop. And you, um, you know, you've ministered in other environments. You've traveled and done, done a lot of cool things. And then we are in 2020 coming out of, hopefully, or have been in a place where a lot of churches have been shut down. Do you have any glimpses of what type of ministry... A, you may be doing in the near future, and then B, what type of ministry might we see in the world? I mean, I know you and I have this discussion from time to time, but what are you, what are you thinking right now? What are some leadings you're getting as we finish up 2020 and head into 2021 where we don't necessarily know if pandemic's going away? But anyway, a lot of things going on. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think... Um, as far as just church in general, I, I think that we've overcomplicated it. I mean, it's, I, again, kind of in our Westernized culture, there's so many different uh, viewpoints and um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, opinions that people have on what's church, what's not church. Do we do it in a home? Do we do it in a building? Do we need a, you know, do we need four walls or whatever, you know? Um and I think that just for me, right here and now, uh, the word that com comes to my mind over and over again, just in our life, whether that's ministry or our family or work, um, is just to be tactful. I think that God wants us to be tactful with everything we do. I think that, unfortunately, we do see a lot, not every ministry um, but we do see a lot of ministries kind of just shooting from the hip on a lot of things um, and get into the whole to close church versus not to close church in the midst of a pandemic and all of that. But really on either side, it's kind of like, no, we're going to open or no, we're going to close. And, and I just, I wonder how much 
uh, thought we're putting into uh, just ministry as a whole um, and how much we're letting God lead us uh, rather than kind of this nose to the ground. I'm just going to blast my way through anything in my way. Um, and I think, again, for like ministry for us, I'm completely open at the moment. Um, it could be so many different things. And I think that that's a big thing that I've learned. Whereas going into Bible school, I, I was like, I got to be a pastor. I got to have a church. I got to have, the, you know, the microphone and the stand and all of that. I don't think that that's the case. Um, I kind of went into Bible school saying, you know what, God, uh, I feel like you told me to start a church in Los Angeles. I've said that forever. Um, I'm open to it still being that, but I'm also open to it not being that if that's not what God wants. Um, You know, I don't know. At the moment, I really don't know. And I'm okay with that. Uh, I think that right now there are so many different places in our culture that we can get uh love and grace to that uh a a structured church setting will not be able to do as effectively um especially in the culture we're in i mean listen we've got a lot of weird stuff going on and uh we've got a lot of people that hate church uh, and even just saying that I'm a part of a church, somebody might hate me for it and I may lose any kind of influence. Now I'm not going to water who I am down. And if somebody asks me what I think or believe about God, I'll tell them. But I think that, um, just God is calling us, at least us as in my family and I just to be tactful in ministry right now. And, uh, sometimes I know what that looks like. Sometimes I don't, we're just kind of following his leading on that right now. That's good. So, so as you, we'll kind of use this kind of question as a, as a lead into the big theme that we're looking at with these episodes, as you finish up 2020 and kind of look back, obviously a very odd, unique, different year. And everyone is somewhat hopeful that 2021 will, uh, whatever normal means, I'm not really into that word normal, but uh, I don't think we're going back to the way we were in February of 2020. But what are some things with all the things that you've learned and, you know, new father and all that's happening? What are some things that you're excited about as you head into 2021? And then also, maybe you could even answer this first. What are some things that you're kind of really looking forward to leaving behind in 2020 and not carrying forward? And this will be one of our final questions here as we kind of wrap up. Yeah. Uh, the big thing that Dulce and I had talked about for our family, when we started to see the uh, pandemic unfold in front of us and the, the closing of all of the things and business and all of that was um, we are going to come out of this better and stronger than we did when we went in. Um, so that's, Definitely expectation number one as we go in 2021, um, however long this uh, corona stuff lasts, uh, we're just we're not going to let the circumstances dictate our growth or our success. Um, so definitely that's looking forward for us. I've got a few things that I've got uh, kind of my back pocket that I'm going to work on um, to get some more 
kind of another stream of revenue coming in for us and stuff. Um, so we've got vision for that. Uh, we would just for our family like to be transitioning out of Colorado, <laughs> but we're, we're being patient on that. Um, and then to leave behind, uh, I think that I would like to leave behind some of the, um, some of the stress maybe that this year has brought. Uh, as I mentioned, we, we, we declared that we're going to come out of this better than we went in. That doesn't mean that we think that every single day, you know, we have our ups and downs. Um, and I think that definitely leaving just some of that worry, uh, behind and, uh, giving, giving things to God. Um, and I feel like I have another thing that I want to leave behind and I, I can't put my finger on it quite yet. Um, I mean, we've got a lot going on in the world. Uh, I'll, you know, we don't need to get into some of these topics, but, uh, I think we just, uh, we need to leave behind the, uh, the, the divided mentality. I think that our country kind of has at the moment and it starts with acknowledging it. I think a lot of people don't want to acknowledge it. Uh, but just, Oh, you don't think the way I think. All right. Well, I hate you kind of attitude that we're seeing a lot of, it just doesn't help anything. And I think that that's a big thing I'd like to see uh, left behind. I'm going to try to leave it behind because obviously when you encounter someone that thinks differently from you, sometimes you want to resist that. But I think, uh, I think just loving everyone around you. I think that that's what I'll put the expectation on myself for is, uh, just try to not let that, uh, mentality of division, uh, at least enter my heart. Yeah, I think, I think that's good. And I, I think that's good. And I think that, um, Anyway, that's probably a good message for everyone, especially around this time of year. Yeah. Hunter, I'm I'm curious. You know, I asked this question. I actually was considering not asking, but my final question is usually seek, go, create. I know you've heard it. You've edited things and listened to uh, to episodes. But um, by the way, do you have a favorite? You've listened to a lot of these. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite guest that you've heard? What do you, What have you really liked? I I think I still really like Jim, Jim Cooks. Uh, <laughs> It's the classic It's so good. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed that too. So you get to get to get to listen to a lot of them. I guess get to might be a good way of saying that. We'll we'll leave it at that. But seek, go, create is our title. Which word means the most? Jumps out at you? We talked a little bit about it earlier, but as we wrap up, and and which word do you? Uh, do, which word resonates with you? Seek, go, create. It's, it's definitely seek just to kind of echo myself from before. I think, uh, I mean, obviously we all love to create. I think that that's a, definitely probably a big hit. A lot of people love to, to talk about creating and creativity and everything, but I just feel like you can't have the go or the create without the seek. And um, there's just something about that attitude. Uh, like I had mentioned, seeking to understand uh, what is happening. I think once you seek, then you'll know where to go or how to go and once you seek you know what to create or how to create i think it all just stems from that yeah 
Hunter, thank you. Thanks for so many things. I appreciate, number one, just all that you do for what we do here. And, uh, and so the listener needs to be appreciative for all that you do to make so many things happen. If you're watching on YouTube or listening, Hunter's, Hunter's that guy, man. He's, he's putting all those pieces together, most of those pieces. And so I appreciate that. And, uh, and I just want to say, too, I appreciate uh, the honor and the love and the respect that you show for my daughter and now granddaughter. And, uh, you know, we've said this before that you, you kind of just brought this piece into our family and I just appreciate it greatly. So thanks for, thanks for sharing. Thanks for being a part of this and looking forward to a great 2021. Any final things you want to say before I wrap up? Um, I'm right there with you. Let's, let's hit 2021. Uh, like never before, let's not hate 2020. I think a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, let's just, toss 2020 out the window i think that a lot of us will end up looking back on this season i hope at least with um with like a reverence and uh almost a respect because i think that it's pushed a lot of us to grow you know uh that's usually where growth comes from from the uncomfortability uh so let's not let's not hate 2020 and look back on it as just this you know toss of a year uh but let's take what we learned and jump into 2021 we'll make it even better Excellent. Well, thanks again for uh, for joining. And for those of you listening, we uh, hopeful are that you're having a great this is uh, being released the tail end of November into December. Whenever you're listening to it, this is a holiday season in many parts of the world. We know we've got listeners all over, but for those in the United States and our parts, it's kind of a holiday time of year. So we're we're celebrating with some special episodes. The next episode will be my daughter, Hunter's wife, Dulcie, and I look forward to having that conversation. That's going to be incredible. And for those of you that are listening, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm hopeful that this is a great time of year for you. Whenever you're listening to this, that you're gearing up for a great 2021, having a great season, and just keep connecting with us. As we mentioned earlier, go to the website, seekgocreate.com or any of the socials. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and we are seekgocreate.com at all of those places. Thank you again for listening and we will connect again on the Seek Go Create podcast.